This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Acts chapter four, verse 13. Hey, if you're new to church, uh, we, are, we do wanna say welcome. I'm gonna read a few verses and then I'll do my best just to kind of lay a groundwork and a framework for where we're going just so that in case you don't know anything about the Bible, you're not like these people are so weird and I have no idea what they're talking about. I'm gonna do my best to explain what's going on and where we're going today. Does that sound good? Y'all excited for the message? Just let me see your hand real fast. If you've had some coffee today, just put your hand up. Look at, come on, look at all these trustworthy people. I trust everybody that drinks coffee. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Acts chapter 4, verse 13. This is a free Sunday, so I'm just going to preach whatever's in my heart. I'll, I'll explain a little bit about where we're going, but we're not in a series. I just want to preach a message that's really on my heart from this week. I'll explain it. Acts chapter 4, verse 13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. They marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Just for emphasis, if I can, I'll read it a second time. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and who's that second person there? John, Peter and John. And they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. They marveled and they realized, that, well, well, this is crazy. These guys, it's undeniable, they've, they've been with Jesus. They've been around him. It's amazing to me, the longer I live, the more I believe this is a reality. You are who you hang with. I know it's the old saying, but you show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Birds of a feather, they always flock together. These guys recognize, these are not church people. These are not Presbyterians or Nazarenes or, you know, other people that, you know, go to church and Catholics and Christians. These are people of the world at the time in this setting, the book of Acts. And these guys from the world can recognize it's discernible. They can perceive Peter and John, y'all have been with Jesus. Now, what they're picking up on is quite undeniable because as we know, Peter and John have just finished three and a half years of spending time with Jesus. So it's obvious. Three and a half years later, they walk like Jesus. They talk like Jesus. They act like Jesus. They look like Jesus. They are Jesus people because they've been spending three and a half years with him. So they've, they, they've had a lot of s'mores together. They played a lot of FIFA soccer. They've been to go get them tiger. They have had a lot of cold brew coffee. They, um, that was funnier. I thought that was, you didn't have to laugh, but I thought that was because the cold, anyways. Um, but, but they've been with Jesus. I want to preach a message tonight. If you're taking notes, which I hope that you are, you can write down the title. It's called A Friend with Benefits. A Friend with Benefits. Don't you get weird on me now. A Friend with Benefits. I want to preach tonight about how Jesus, our friend, is probably, in my opinion, the best friend, the most loyal friend, and he's the friend with the most benefits in your world. I want to pray. I want to believe that tonight, wherever you're at in the faith journey, that God will speak to you and he'll encourage you in your faith. Does that sound good? Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, thank you so much. 
Thank you for our church. Thank you for these settings and these times that we can gather and be strengthened and encouraged by your word. We're believing tonight. Open up our eyes so we can see Jesus. Open up our ears so we can hear the Holy Spirit. Do what only you can do in this setting. We are thanking you that your word is a lamp to our feet. It shows us the path. Lord, show us today who you are and the way that we can live a Zoe life. We love you more than life itself. And God, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, we're believing as a church every week that the Los Angeles Lakers will win the NBA championship this year. For God, we know that LA is your favorite city, so let the glory come back in Jesus' name. And we all said together, amen. that's the weakest amen I've ever heard. And we all said together, amen. come on, where are the Laker fans at tonight? Any Laker fans? There's only like 15 Laker fans in LA. This is, this is not good. Any Clipper fans in the house? <laughs> Three, I like that. Any Dodger fans in the house? Okay, Los Doyers. What about Rams fans? Are there any Rams fans in the house? All right. Mark's a Rams fan. Go LA to live and die. Um, anybody, um, you, you don't have to admit that it's just one because I believe nobody has one, they have five. But anybody thankful today for a best friend? If you have a best friend, let me just see your hand. Somebody that you would call a best friend. Now, you, you and I know socially today, in today's era, there's no such thing as a best friend. You got about five, top five, top five, top five. There's about five best friends because, and, and it's kind of, you got to be tricky. It's tricky because you don't want your best friend to know you have another best friend and you can't like, you can't make someone not feel best friendish, even though they're best friends, but so is Rick is also my best friend, okay? So you got multiple, it's amazing. The, the, the people you hang out with, you start to act like them. The people that you run with, you start to dress like them. The people that you follow on social media or whoever you, you're kind of into, you just, you become like them. This is very natural. I remember when I was in high school, I grew up in Seattle, Washington area, and there's this group of guys, okay, shook foot, and uh, there's this group of guys, you scared me, I just got you didn't have a gun. And, um, and this, this, this group of guys in my, in, in my school, my junior year, they were seniors. They were a year older. There's about six of them. And they all were the same person. Like six different dudes, same person. And they would all dress the exact same. And we called this crew the North Face crew because they would not leave their home unless they were in North Face. Like it had to be a North Face vest or a North Face jacket. And they had North Face on right here. And all of them, all six had an Abercrombie and Fitch hat. But it wasn't just like a fresh, like new Abercrombie hat. Like it was all dirty and nasty. Like I think, I literally think these guys went into the woods, threw their hats down, stomped at them, was like, yeah, we're the North Face crew. Like the North Face crew, like they all talk the same. They had the same attitude. They like, they listen to the same music. They were literally the same people. Like they just, th there was no separation. There was no differentiating between any of them. They were all six dudes, the same person. Like you just, that just happens. Like you talk like whoever you hang out with. You act like whoever you're around. I remember a few years ago, I was down in Miami, Florida. I was preaching at one of my best friends, one of my best friends. Uh, what, one of my best friends' name is Rich Wilkerson Jr. And his dad has a church, okay, Sandcastle, and his dad has a church in Miami, Florida. So Richie Jr. was gone, but but I was there at the dad's church, and, and I preach, I get up there, you know, I'm, I'm up there in my skinny jeans, like, ha, ha, you know, doing my best. And, and I'll never forget, after the first service, the dad came in the back, and we're in the green room, and Rich Sr. walks up to me, and he's like, okay, <laughs> you gotta tell me right now, Who's the original? 
who's copying who? Because is it Rich Jr. that copying you or are you copying Rich Jr.? Because you guys are the same. And you ever have someone give you a backhanded compliment? <laughs> and you want to just, I just, I get real Southern when people do this. I just smile. <laughs> Thank you so much, sir, for that backhanded compliment. I hang out all the time with your son. He's the original. But I, I knew what he was saying because I talk like my friends. I act like my friends, and so do you. What I want to preach about tonight is the reality that God has invited you and I not only into a religion, but into a relationship. And God has invited us to be friends. Jesus himself said, no longer do I call you servants, but I actually invite you into friendship. I invite you into relationship. That you and I, just like John and Peter, we can be in a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Though, is he, though he is God of the universe, he is still a friend of mine. Is there anybody thankful tonight that you get to call the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Come on, your friend and your Savior. Come on, make a little bit more noise in the 6 p.m. if you're grateful tonight for who Jesus is. I love this about Jesus, and I love this about the reality of having a relationship with God. Let me give you a few things to write down tonight to encourage you in your faith. And write down, number one, I love this about who God is in this relationship. Number one, write it down. He's invited me in. God, the reason why I have relationship is because God invited me into relationship. Relationship with God is not my idea. It's God's idea. God has invited me. He has beckoned me. He has romanced me. He has pursued me. God wants me to be his friend. God wants me. God did everything that he could within his power. He sent his one and his only son to die on the cross for my sins so I could have a relationship with Jesus. God is not saying prove yourself or earn it or, or get your life right and then we'll we'll figure it out get, get get your tithing on push pay right or learn a few scriptures or get your morals down no god invites me in to relationship this last week i had to fill out this application to try and get into this thing and they're asking me questions like what will you add and what will you contribute and i'm feeling like i'm i'm being measured out i'm being vetted i'm i'm having to prove who i am and what i can add some of you need to relax and need to just rest in who jesus is jesus is inviting you he knows where you're at he knows who you are he knows what he's done what you've done but yet he still pursues you come on is there anybody grateful tonight that he's invited you into this relationship you don't have to prove yourself. You don't have to apply. Come on, this is the grace of God. It's Jesus. And watch what he invites you in. He invites you into a relationship that has more benefit than any other friend in the world. Psalm 103, a famous psalm. Watch what David said. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Come on, church. And forget not all of his benefits. Why? What are his benefits? Who forgives all your iniquities? Who heals all your diseases? Who redeems your life from destruction? Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies? Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles? Come on. Jesus is saying and the Bible is saying if you get in relationship with God, there's more benefit. You don't have a friend in your Rolodex that can forgive your sins. There is no friend on your iPhone that can heal you of your diseases. There is nobody that you you know on this earth that can crown your life with tender mercies and loving kindness. There is nobody else that you know in this world that can renew your strength. Come on, is there anybody thankful for the benefits of saying yes to the invitation from heaven? 
God invites us. He says, no, come, come, be in relationship. I desire you. The greatest desire of God is you. God, you are God's passion. You are God's pursuit. You are God's relentless desire. And God has invited you in to relationship with him. By the way, when you say yes to this relationship, you get all that we just read about. You get a healer. You get a forgiver. You get someone that crowns your life. You get someone that renews your strength. God has invited you in to the greatest relationship found on earth. The most fulfilling thing in the world is not a BFF that is made, that is, that is a human. It is a BFF, a friend that sticks closer to a brother. His name is Jesus. He has invited me in. And as soon as I say yes to this God, watch what God does. God does right down, right down number two. He starts growing my faith. Just right away, my faith just starts to grow. God just starts to, it, it, listen, it is not on you. It is not your pressure. It is not your religion. It's not your striving. It's not your job to grow your faith. God will grow your faith. God, it, by his grace, God will begin to give you progress in your life. God will begin to grow you. God will begin to develop you. You just say yes to the relationship and say yes to the invitation. And then all of a sudden, God himself begins to grow you and you get to get some progress. Let me just give you a word tonight. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I feel like telling somebody tonight, progress is progress. I don't care if it's the little bit of progress. I just, progress is progress. Growth is growth. Listen, I got a two-year-old that we're trying to potty train. Progress is progress, all right? Yesterday, we, we had an incident where my son, he was just standing there, just boop, and I was like, progress is progress. See, we didn't get it in the toilet, but next time we're going to get it. Progress is progress. Progress is progress. And I felt like telling somebody, some of you feel like, oh, I got I to gotta get my act together. I got to get my character down. I, I, I got to stop doing this. I, 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 need to, I need to be better at this. No, no, no. All you need to do is allow God to do a mighty work in your life. God will grow your faith. God will progress you. All you do is say yes to him and God starts to go at work. I love 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 15. Watch what the Bible says. It says, meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to this invitation that your progress may be evident to everybody. You ever notice that when people start saying yes to Jesus and all of a sudden they start getting around the influence of God, that all of a sudden it becomes so noticeable that you've been hanging around Jesus? Your progress becomes evident to all. I remember a few years ago, I was a youth pastor and we went on this young adults, you know, like camp and we took a whole bunch of young adults on camp. And, and this one guy's 24 years old, you know, he didn't want to go at all, but his parents made him. I thought, what 24 year old still has to do with his parents tell him, my God, <laughs> your problem, not mine. And so this guy, he went, I'm telling you, when he got on the bus, I'm telling you, this guy, he was so mad, you know, attitude, didn't want to be there. Parents made him. I'm thinking, that's your fault. You live in your parents' basement. Your mom's got to say, over your life. That's your bad. So anyways, he goes on, on to the church. That's another message for another day. And, uh, and he goes, and I'm telling you something happened about middle of, of, of this whole week. I'm telling you, he just said yes to the invitation. And everything began to change. That Sunday we came back and we went to lunch with some of the friends that didn't go. You know, he's 24 years old and he's got all of his friends there, none of the other friends. And I remember this distinctly. We we're at BJ's. Don't you judge me. I love Pazookies. Love me a pazuki. We're going to have pazookis in heaven. Somebody say amen. And we're, we're at BJ's, and, and one of the friends looks across the table at this young man that went to the camp, and God had done something powerful in his life. And he goes, oh, my gosh. I'll never forget this. He says, oh, my gosh. He says, bro, you don't even look the same. Because when you say yes to God, 
It affects the spirit of who you are. It, expect, it, it, it impacts the countenance of your face. When God starts to do a work in your life, it impacts every area of your life. And God just starts to grow you and progress you and change you. It is the influence of your life. I want to ask you today, does God get influence in your life? Does God get to say some things into your ear? Are you giving God any time? Because let's just go law of opposite for one second. We can expose ourselves to who God says and God's thoughts and his promises in our life or go law of opposite. You can also get the wrong people around you and get some negative influences around you. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, bad company corrupts good character. So in other words, you could be good and awesome and happy and loving life and loving Jesus and be like, oh my gosh, I love Jesus. He's my, he's my homeboy. Like you can do all that and love God, but you get around the wrong people. And all of a sudden that good character gets corrupted by that negativity, by that bad spirit, by that bad attitude. You gotta be careful in life because you want to progress or you can expose yourself to the right influence or the wrong influence. Let me just say this today, that God wants you to be his friend. God wants you in relationship. God wants to grow your faith. God wants to develop you. And so when you say yes to God, it's almost like, it's not that you're just rejecting this. It's saying, I found a better influence influence. I feel better when I'm with Jesus. I know that this is the right way. I can discern this is God's plan. I, I feel better being in this headspace. I feel better in my spirit about living a righteous lifestyle. I know that this is God's plan. I, I, I don't want to mess around with all that because I just, I know that God has invited me into this kind of life. Come on, anybody thankful tonight for a friend with benefits named Jesus who will grow your faith and develop you. So number one, he invites me. Number two, he grows my faith. And I love this. Number three, write this down, please. He gives me desire. The desire's not my own job. This is not up to me where I got to get like all hyped, like, okay, I just, I'm not feeling the Christian thing right now. And I'm not feeling the church thing right now. I just got, I got to get some desire. We're going to get desire. Desire is not your job. God will give you desire. The Holy Spirit will begin to move in your life and he'll give you the desire. Watch this. All of a sudden, your cravings will change from wanting to do bad things. Do you notice that when you get around God and his influence, that all of a sudden your cravings shift from the flesh all of a sudden, your spirit wants to do this stuff. Watch this. On this side, my flesh. By the way, all of us have a flesh. If you don't believe you have a flesh, please let me hear you. Please, please let me explain to you that I have a flesh and you have a flesh. I have a flesh part of me that wants to do the wrong thing. That none of us wake up going like, I want to pray. I want to read the Bible. I want to do the God thing. No, this is the wrong side of who we are. We're always going to, the Bible says that the flesh and the spirit, they rage war against each other. So I have a flesh man, but I also have a spirit man. And I I'll tell you, whatever you feed the most, that's who wins. So if you just say, I, I want to do a better job. No, 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 nobody's perfect. Don't, don't act all spiritual and holy. Don't you judge my journey. Don't you, don't you act all holy when you and I both know I probably give into my flesh way more than my spirit. Anybody relate with me? I, I'm ashamed that I'm actually more flesh than spirit most of the time. And this battle, sometimes I win it, but a lot of times I lose it. Can anybody relate with what I'm saying? But nevertheless, my desire does not come of doing the right thing doesn't come from me being spiritual or holy or me knowing some scriptures. It actually is the spirit of God working in me, giving me the desire to know him. 
It's the Spirit of God working in me saying, no, 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 you got a calling on your life. You've got a future in this thing. I've got great plans for you. You don't have to act a fool. You don't have to be duplistic. You don't have to be this way. I, I, I actually will give you more peace and more joy and more of a surrounding and more of a comfort if you do it this way. God himself will give you a desire. I am so grateful tonight that I don't have to cultivate it myself. It's not up to me to get go out and get desire. The Holy Spirit and the invitation from heaven, he gives me the desire. And when you got desire, that's when you can move forward. When you get desire from God, that's when you can really go somewhere. I remember, just, uh, I remember, it was yesterday. Uh, yesterday, <laughs> I love to go into stories and say, I remember. I remember high school. I remember yesterday. I'm tired. Um, yesterday, we, uh, Julie and I, we went to this boxing place. And uh, last Sunday after church, this, this, these people that were leaving the church said, hey, you know, we own a boxing place that you should come by and box. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm more of a lover than a fighter, but all right, you know, like I'll stop by. I had never been to a boxing place. I had never gone. I know that probably shocks you by my frame, but I'd never gone. And um, so we got ready. We went to this boxing thing yesterday and I was, listen, I was so nervous. I was, I was literally, I, I kept, you know, like asking, do, do I have the right outfit on? Is this okay? This is what you wear to a boxing place. And, and, and when we got there before we were going, I was like, have, have I eaten enough? Do I eat the right meal? I even text a guy, what do I eat before I go box? Like I was just, I was, very afraid. I was very afraid when I get there, you know, like I walk in, I look at all the other boxing people and I'm like, um, I'm very intimidated right now. I feel like I'm at UFC. Okay. But, um, man, I, I walk in and like, and they start like wrapping our hands, you know, like, I'm like, does everybody get this or is it just for the weak people? And so they like start wrapping my hands and like, they put gloves on and I'm like, oh, yo, Adrian, I'm just, I feel so dope. Like I, I walk in and like, I'm, I'm, I'm literally in there. I know nothing. I know zero about boxing. They're like, they're take. I felt like, you know, like their special project. They put two instructors on me and they're like teaching me like jab, you know, like, um, uh, hook and um uh what's this one yeah and 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 I, I didn't tell them yesterday but like when I hit the bag for the first time I was like ouch that hurt <laughs> and they're like make sure your wrist is firm and I was like that would have been helpful 10 minutes ago and uh, and so like I'm in there and I'm just like, like bah, 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 you know like <laughs> they're protect they're like protect the money maker and I'm like is someone gonna hit me like what do you mean by that and like I'm in there and I'm just like I like the reason why I went is like, I desire to be fit. Like I desire to protect my house. Right now that probably won't work too well. But I, like I desire, I desire to be a man. I'm 36 years old. I desire to be fit. I, de I, I have this desire. Like I, I have this desire, but I, I'm gonna be honest with you. Like when I walked in that boxing ring yesterday, I had no idea how to do this thing. I had no idea how to box. And some of you today are going like, yeah, yeah, like I desire the things of God. I want to be with Jesus. I want to live a righteous life. I want to do the God thing, but I have no idea how to do this thing. Like, how do I walk out my faith? How do I walk with God? How do I live upright? How do I pursue him and connect with him? Can you write down number four? Let me just bring you some good encouragement tonight. Number four, he will teach you how. God will teach you. He's teaching me over and over how to connect with him, how to pursue him, how to read. Most of the time, if we say in church, you know, guys, you need to go out there and you need to read your Bible and you need to pray. All of the room rolls their eyes and goes, yeah, right. Yeah, right. I don't know how 
to pray. I don't know how to read my Bible. I don't know how to pursue God. Read my Bible. I have no idea what the Bible says. Pray, I don't even, I don't last two minutes in prayer. How in the world can I do this? When I say read your Bible and pray, it's like one of our friends going like, I'm gluten-free and I do CrossFit. Like, I just can't relate with you at all. Like, just stop. I want pizza and ice cream now. And most of us, when it comes to pursuing God and being in relationship with God, you and I start thinking right away, I'm out, I'm out. I, I have no idea. How, like, I don't know how to pursue and connect with God. How do I even engage in a relationship with Jesus? So I live Sunday to Sunday, church service to church service, shot of hope in the arm from shot of hope in the arm week to week. And I don't know how to pursue God during the week. Can I just, just please, God is gonna teach you how. He'll show you. He'll just show you this is, this, this is how it's going to work for you. Julie and I are so different in this way. I'm a reader. I love to read. So I do a lot of reading and, and, and I'll read the Bible and I'm, I'm a little bit more spiritual. Um, but, but that's all kidding aside. Julia, the way she connects with God is she loves worship music and she loves to pray. And she doesn't read as much as I do, but I don't pray and listen to worship music as much as she does. But for us, God is teaching us how personally we connect with God. God will show you how. I had this old lady tell me recently, and she said, you know how I'm connected with God right now? She said in the morning time, this is awesome. She said in the morning time, worship team, you can come. She said in the morning, she, she takes her phone, she pulls out the Bible app, she plays the book of John in the message translation, and that's what she does to start her day. I have another friend, and he, he also uses the Bible app, and he goes through a, a, a Bible reading plan, and he plays it, but he uses like the James Earl Jones voice, like that old school, like, thou shalt not murder thy neighbor, like that weird voice, but that's how he connects. I got another friend, he drives in a car, and what he does when he's in the car is he listens to Joel Osteen radio, and he just listens to what heaven has to say over his life. I got other friends that, that they, they love to go on prayer walks. I got some friends that journal to connect with God. I got other friends that literally read the paper Bible and underline stuff. What is it for you that you can connect with God? Because God wants to be the major influence in your life. He wants to show you how he can forgive you and heal you and crown your life and lead you down a path of everlasting life. But if God God doesn't get any influence in your life. Not only are you not going to reflect him, but even worse, you will not know him. And I hope that we can be a church and I'm very passionate about this. And please, all of this came from just some conversations this week. And I, I, was, I, was, I was reading and I was praying and I was thinking about this stuff. And, and, and all of it came from a conversation with somebody this last week. And they were beginning to tell me about a situation of a friend of mine that has lost everything, his marriage and, and, and his business. And he's just lost so much. And he's, they, this person's telling me about it. And I'm going, how in the world did my, my friend was, he was good. He was great. He was, he was godly. He was, he was a good man. How does this happen? And, and I start thinking about this, this verse and, and we're, we're talking and, and right away, I immediately replied to my friend and I said, you want to know what his problem was? You ever have a friend that does something stupid and you get mad at him? Does this ever happen to anybody? You have a friend that you love and they do something dumb and you get mad at them. So I'm kind of mad at my friend. I'm mad at this person and I'm thinking to myself, why did he do this? Why? This doesn't make any sense. And I said to the person telling me the story, I replied, I think what could have saved this person's life is if they were humble. They needed humility. If only they could have been humble. That's what ruined them. I'm, I'm thinking I'm right. They needed humility. And my friend that's telling me the story. This man lost everything. His marriage, his business, his reputation. 
I love his reply. He looks at me and he's like, nah, man. He didn't need humility. What he needed was time with Jesus. Because when you're with Jesus, the byproduct of being with Jesus is humility. May we never be a people that we're after kindness or we're after humility. What we were after is Jesus. Peter and John followed Jesus for three and a half years. They didn't care if anybody recognized they'd been with him. It was just a result. It was a byproduct. It was the, it was the, the, the fruit of their life about to following Jesus. Church, please hear me. I'm not here preaching a message saying, go read your Bible and pray. I'm preaching a message tonight saying, you got a friend with benefits and if you'll lean into him and you'll spend time with him and you'll get around him, he can be a greater influence on your life. The invitation has been set from heaven and God himself is wooing you and beckoning you in to his courts and into his relationship so that God doesn't want you to just to live church service to church service but God himself wants to be a friend of yours come on is there anybody tonight that says I don't want the wrong influences I want Jesus to be the main influence of my life I want heaven in my ear I want heaven in my spirit I want God's thoughts and God's promises thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast we hope you are inspired and encouraged by the message To get more information about Zoe Church, check out our website, www.zoechurch.org, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe Church LA. Have a blessed day.